0: Shadow's Bastion, a By Gods and Kings story, takes place in the fictional world of Dunai. All of these works are available to read on Kindle Vela and are available shortly after this release. For more information on By Gods and Kings, please visit our website, ByGodsAndKings.com, or follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Chapter 13. Kadai and the Hidden Temple Griggs kept his eyes forward on the woman standing in the doorway. She was considerably older than he was with Grey, unkempt hair that hung down past her shoulders. Her skin was wrinkled and pale, while her stature was remarkably unimposing. She had a slight bend at the waist and used a cane to prop herself up. "'Who?' asked Cricks from within the hut. The woman smiled and exhaled loudly, exasperated for having to repeat herself. "'I said, my name is Kadai,' she repeated, this time more forcefully. "'Kadai,' affirmed Cricks. He took a step away from the cupboard and toward the doorway." He squinted his eyes slightly, trying to see the essence that made up the older woman. And how do you know my name? he asked. I'm a follower of Malarus, but I'm sure you know that by now, mentioned Kadai. She took a step back away from the doorway and allowed Krix to exit the hut. The tricks of the god of chaos have few boundaries. The moment you entered this village, I knew everything about you. Krix tilted his head and glanced around the village before coming back to Kadai. How? Kadai picked up the tip of her cane and pointed to the fallen walls of the village. You probably cannot see the essence bound to those objects, but the walls in this village possess a magic that reveals all who enters. It alerts me to any living being's presence and tells me all that there is to know about them." Crix scoffed at the sound of Kadai's, as well as Malaris's, tricks. The god of chaos was renowned for his visions and deception, causing Crix to question why any of what he was seeing was real. He pondered silently if he managed to find a discarded magical item while in the swamp of Agriates that was enchanted by Malaris. However. Without any evidence that where he was was real or a vision, he was forced to adapt. What is this place? G'day took a step down the path away from Crix. It's what's left of the village of Ariel. Crix openly laughed and clapped his hands, feeling as if he had discovered the plight. Impossible. Ariel was in Urine on the eastern half of the continent on one of the peninsulas. As a child, my family would talk about how the city fell into the shadows after their reluctance to give in to Xylene. Kadai laughed loudly as Krix spoke about the past. What else do you know about this village? She continued. I mean you no harm. This is the most interaction I've had with someone of another order for quite some time. Krix closed his eyes and exhaled as Kadai made her way along the path. Krix followed behind and caught up quickly, obliging her. I know that it happened prior to the end of the First War of the Gods, and I know that it was attacked by one of Xilin's elite forces of Naga. I know that to combat it, malaris brought everyone from the village into Locarus to avoid their certain and gruesome deaths it's an old story of how malaris refused to combat his enemies and instead chose to preserve the lives of those who worshipped him kadai smiled and nodded he does love us which is far different from any of the other gods Greg rolled his eyes as the two continued along the path he felt that kadai was harmless and he still wondered where he truly was i don't need darien's love nor does he need mine then what does he need? inquired Kadai as they made their way in between more of the fallen huts. What does your god require of you? Krix took in a breath of the murky swamp air. He had never thought about what Darien required, only that he would do what was asked of him by those who were ranked higher. Servitude? Devotion? I don't know, but I know that he thought enough of me to make me a god-touched servant. Kadai paused and leaned on her cane. She shifted her body to face Krix while the winds howled around her. You've never taken the time to wonder what Darian really wants from you. Crix took a moment and thought about the answer. Kadai was correct in that he had never thought about it, but he also never chose to. No, I can't say I have. Several birds squawked overhead, drawing the attention of the two as they began forward again. Every god treats their followers differently, though they all expect the same, stated Kadai. Every god expects their followers to serve them, though Malarus is the only one that wants them to question it. Crix glanced forward and tilted his head. Malarus wants them to question servitude, he queried. He does. He wants all of his followers to question whether they should serve him, and rarely do any of them ever decide otherwise, explained Kadai. The two made their way to a large ziggurat in the center of the village. Crix, Darien requires your unbridled devotion. Malarus requests it, and will do all he can to earn it. Krix turned and faced Kadai, noticing that her essence glowed purple, but different from those who worshipped Malaris in Jirast. There were no frayed tethers or weak spots in her soul. He studied it for several seconds, when from the corner of his left eye, coming from the entrance of the ziggurats, a brilliant blue essence emerged. Krix blinked his eyes to see a large naga emerging from the temple. I can never get a moment of respite, claimed an exasperated Kadai. She held out her hand and conjured a brilliant, purple orb. As the naga slithered forward, Kadai projected it forward and hit the naga in the chest, sending him backwards into the ziggurat. A purple shield emerged over the entrance with Kadai relaxing, taking the moment to lean on her cane. I apologize, God touched. This has been my plight in life for the past several centuries. Krix stood perfectly still and thought about everything he had just witnessed. The essence of the naga was very real and not something that could have been conjured from some magical item. Krix licked his lips as the wind swirled around him, blowing the trees about and making a swishing noise. Kadai took a step toward the ziggurat and sighed dejectedly. I'm sure I'll have to deal with them again in the next few weeks. We're in the swamp of Agriates. How am I standing in the village of Ariel? Asked Krix openly. He took in several breaths with Kadai standing perfectly still. It doesn't make sense that a place that is on the... He said before pausing. There must be some wicked power at play here. Kadai placed the tip of her cane on the ground and stepped toward Krix. Perhaps I should show you some of the best magic yet, she asked sarcastically. Krix furrowed his eyebrows, wondering what could be at play. After a few seconds, Kadai picked up her cane and pointed behind Crix. Isn't that where you're headed? she inquired. Krix turned around to see the city of Sunshire in the distance. The bright lights of the city were burning brilliantly and smoke from the forges billowed into the sky. Impossible, he remarked. Kadai stepped forward and stood beside him while awing at Sunshire. I've always hated that place, she stated while watching the boats pull into and out of the harbor. Crix, I'm sure you've got more questions than I have answers. I understand, but I'm not here to answer them all. I do, stammered Crix as he was unable to take his eyes off of the city. Crix, I can see the strife and turmoil that you have been through. I can see that you were starting to question whether or not serving Darien in this capacity is truly what you were meant to do. Kadai paused and smiled at the god-touched. She turned to face him, looking away from Sunshire and staring at the side of his face. Order and Chaos are two sides of the same coin. One cannot exist without the other. It is why at creation, Darien and Malarus had to work together. Kadai turned away from Krix and took a step back into the village. Krix, your devotion to Darien is one-sided. He is not devoted to you as you are to him. You are but a pawn in his game, and he will cast you out as soon as you are no longer useful to him. Crix sighed loudly and glanced down at the ground, taking his eyes off of Sunshire. I am a devoted servant to Darien, and I will serve him so long as I am able. Kedai huffed loudly. The moment you question his intentions or his commands, your life will be forfeit. He expects absolute devotion, whether the command is just or not. Crix sighed loudly before turning around. And what do you? He paused, turning around to see the entire village, as well as Kedai, had vanished. Have me to do. He finished. Crick swallowed the spit in his mouth and turned back around, making sure the city of Sunshire was still in view. The village had brought him from one end of the swamp of Agriates to another, assisting him in cutting out a day from his journey. He stepped forward, leaving the swamp and finding himself on the Sariac riverbank. He walked along it for several feet, watching out for alligators and other creatures, and eventually making his way into the outskirts of Sunshire. Large warehouses lined the banks of the river with several strong men standing guard. Crix noticed their essence while the darkness of the buildings shrouded their physical appearances. He kept his distance from them, not wanting to ruffle any feathers as he made his way further into the city. Once he was past the warehouses, he found himself on the main road of Sunshire that led to the wooden bridge. He took a few steps along the path when a large structure on his left grabbed his attention. The massive stockade was nearly complete, or at least the outside was. It was ominous and foreboding, already carrying a sinister aura about it. So that's what we are here for," he announced. He kept his eyes fixed on the structure and examined it from afar, keeping his feet on the road while looking at the windows, roof, and other pieces. Finally, after a few moments, he turned toward the bridge and made his way into the city of Sunshire. Most of the shops were closed and the people were in their homes for the night. The pub was still active, with many of the patrons coming in and out of the building. Loud music was coming from the building and, while walking past it, a young god-touched servant of Darien emerged. Rizali, the god-touched servant that Crix met earlier, walked out of the bar with a drink in her hand. I know you, stated Crix softly. Rizali stepped off of the platform and onto the dusty streets. The stein in her hand was silver and filled to the brim with ale. Crix examined Rizali's essence, noticing the stark, bright white that came from all followers of Darien. How was the fall? She asked, referencing the comment she made prior to Crix's conversion. Crix laughed and folded his arms across his chest. Riveting, he replied. I don't think I've ever experienced something quite so peculiar. And you never will again, laughed Rizali. She turned back toward the Dorvo plantation to see two people approaching. Krix squinted his eyes, noticing two white auras, one much more vibrant than the other, approaching. He's alive, stammered Rizali, surprised to see the two followers of Darien approaching. How is he still alive? Krix tilted his head slightly before looking back at Rizali. Is that Kuros? Rosali scoffed loudly and took a sip from the stein. It is, and I figured he'd be on his way to the scales by now. She gulped the liquid and smiled warmly. He's far tougher than I thought. Cricks folded his arms across his chest and watched the two white essences approach. Kuros may not be the strongest, but where he lacks brute force, he makes up for it in cunning and charm. He was probably in grave danger and was able to talk his way out of it, suggested Cricks. He approached Kuros with Chalice at his side. Kuros, still in his robes, Look down on Krix's disheveled appearance. You've been through something, laughed Kuros as he pointed at the smudges and stains on Krix's attire. Did you roll around in the mud before coming this way? Krix laughed and shook his head before glancing over at the pub. Friend, if you'd have experienced what I have on my way here, you'd be thankful for your initial decision, referenced Krix to Kuros choosing his role. Kuros turned and looked at the pub as Chalice came up and snatched the stein from Rosali's hand. She took a sip from the container before furling her nose and wincing. Ale? Why? she asked before handing it back to her. Do they not have any mead? Rosalie laughed and took a sip from her drink. They've got a few different selections. Are you going to join me tonight? Crix glanced forward at the door with Kuros at his side. Chalice stepped past the two and walked toward the door. I'll have one with you tonight. I wouldn't mind hearing more about your encounter with Coobs in the mountains. Rosalie brought her stein up to her lips and turned it up pouring the contents into her mouth before bringing it down, empty. Fine, but the next round is on you. Chalice giggled. Fine, she replied before looking back at the priest of Darien and his god-touched ally. I'll get you two around as well. That sounds nice, replied Krix. Kuros took a step away from Krix toward the door of the jubilant pub. It does, and you can tell me everything. We would like to thank everyone for listening to this podcast. More content will be coming out on a regular basis. For more on By Gods and Kings, please visit www.bygodsandkings.com or www.scriptgrip.com.